Uh, back at it. We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast, a bonus Bedlam edition. I am Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Colby Powell. Colby has a belly full of hideaway. We are reminiscing in a, uh, the brooms are out. It was a Bedlam sweep up in Stillwater. So Colby is joining me now. Colby, uh, you're doing pretty well right now. You got some hideaway in you and we're about to talk some uh, a Bedlam sweep. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. You, you know, we recorded yesterday. We were going to record Friday, and then I texted you last night after the game because I was just so amped up. I'm like, dude, I don't know that I can really wait until Friday to talk about this game because another game's going to happen by then. We've got some stuff going on. And I tell you what, beating OU twice in three days is uh, it's not too bad. As the great Mike Boynton once said. We don't like them. Nice. We you came like prepared. Them. Oh, I came prepared. He don't like them. We don't like them. So, uh, yeah, before we break down all the Bedlam stuff, it was just a, an unbelievable night up in Gallagher, Iowa. We had so much to get to. But before we do, we want to thank Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop. You can go shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com. You can find them at 244 South Knobloch in Stillwater. It's right next to Hideaway, where Colby just went to the, one of the Oklahoma City locations. So, Chris is easy to find. And uh, now's the time. Go get your OSU Spirit wear, man, because they're – they're making a run into March Madness like we've, we haven't seen in quite some time. So, again, we, we appreciate Chris's sponsoring the pod. Colby, I have no idea where to start other than I tried to warn everyone that, you know, you, you talked a lot about the point spread and how, you know, that was a bad sign for OSU, and it was early in that game in the first half. OU actually led more minutes in the two games than Oklahoma State did, even though OSU won both of games. But I tried to warn people that, Brady Manick just was the prime candidate, the uh, the Tony Crocker candidate of OU Sooner who couldn't catch a cold that just catches fire up in Stillwater. And he he lit it up early to, to for OU to build a big lead early. Yeah, he did. And, and, you know, he was good early in that game, but it just felt like, I don't know, something about what OU was doing in the first half felt unsustainable. And, and it's probably because they were jacking up a lot of threes. And a lot of them were going in. Now, now part of that was, uh, I think sometimes they, they had really good ball movement and were creating good looks. Obviously, you're more likely to make good looks. And I thought, oh, you got a lot of them last night. But they were just really lighting it up. And I tell you what, if you would have told me going into that game last night that OU was going to make 13 threes and Cade wasn't going to have a bucket in the first half, I just said we've got serious problems on our hands. And yet, Carson, throughout that game, I never really felt like OU was in control of it. Even early on, whenever they got that nine-point lead in the first half, I still kind of felt like, OSU was just hovering, just hovering, waiting, almost like, you know, you watch, I watch these nature shows on Netflix where these cheetahs and, the, and these lions and stuff, they just lay down in the grass and they just wait and they make you feel comfortable and boom, they pounce. And I feel like that's what Oklahoma State did to OU last night. They just hung around. They just hung around. They just hung around. And it, when it was time to go win the game, they went and won the game. And I just, I, man, I cannot be any more impressed with what Mike Boynton has done and really the growth of this team. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that, I mean, these guys are practicing day in and day out with the number one pick in the draft. You, you know, he's obviously all business and the best player in the country. And then everybody else feeds off that. It's just a, a trickle down effect. You talk about trickle down economics. Well, how about trickle down basketball where you get a superstar in that everyone raises their level. And I think that that's what we've seen 
from Oklahoma State Carson, and it was on full display last night. The role players were absolutely awesome in that game. They really were, and I think that speaks to what we talked about in the last podcast. We've we've talked a lot about how Mike Boynton's teams kind of trend in the in the right direction. They have an upward trajectory toward the end of the season because, to me, that's a sign of a great coach. But I think this this team is so young. And Mike Boynton spoke about it afterwards. He said it's a learned skill to win close games. And they clearly have because early in the season, they gave away a few early. That TCU game comes to mind, the West Virginia game. But now, Colby, they're, they're eight and four in games decided by five points or less. And they're obviously four and oh in overtime. And you're right. It wasn't just the cage show. I think this five game winning streak has been really told. Obviously, the 40 point special from Cade was, was out of this world. But I think the biggest reason they've won five in a row is the role players stepping up in different games. Avery Anderson one night. Then it was Bryce Williams and Caleb Boone last night. And I just think it's a, it's a great example of coaching and development. And they proved that they're more than the Kate Cunningham show because Kate didn't have a bucket till 7.15 left in the entire basketball game. And if you told me that coming into the game, Colby, I would have said, well, surely OSU's losing. Yeah, no doubt. Also, it was one of those things where I thought that, that Bob and Fran were carrying on way too much about him not having a bucket. If you watch the way that that game played out, what was OU doing? Every time Cade got the ball outside the arc, they would double hard off those ball screens, force him to give it up. Every time he got the ball inside the arc, they were ringing two, sometimes three guys at Cade. I, I really, I loved having the, the Bedlam games back-to-back twice in three days. I think we should do it every year. It feels like in the NBA playoffs where you watch teams make adjustments from game to game, and we saw both teams make adjustments from game to game. OU's adjustment was, okay, Cade had 40. Tonight, we're going to make the role players beat us. And Cade was patient. He did didn't try to force it. He only took eight shots the entire game. Number one pick in the draft took eight shots the entire game. And why? Because that's what the defense was giving him. They were doubling and tripling. So what was he doing? He was passing out of it. There was one possession in the second half where he comes around a screen, Harkless and Manek double him. Like 30 feet from the basket, they put on a hard double team trap. And what does Cade do? Very calmly looks up, jumps, throws a missile underneath to Caleb Boone, and now you've got numbers inside. One more quick little pass to Avery Anderson. Nice little finger roll lay-in. It, it was just so easy once they doubled for Cade to give it up to somebody, and then you've got numbers for other guys to make plays. I thought that was the big adjustment OU made. I thought the biggest ju- adjustment that Oklahoma State made, and this was brilliant by Mike Boynton, was Bryce Williams started going underneath the screen. So Bryce would start out guarding Austin Reeves, and on Saturday when they screened, they would switch off and we wound up with Austin Reeves on Matthew Alexander Moncrief for a large portion of that game and he's just not quite quick enough to keep up with him going to the basket but last night Bryce Williams was going underneath those screens and getting back to Austin Reeves and really frustrated him all night you know Austin Reeves uh, stat sheet 19 points on 14 shots he was 6 of 7 from the line but I don't think the stat sheet is indicative of how he played last night because I thought that Bryce Williams really frustrated him on the defensive end that's a great observation. I didn't even think about the, the going under the screen versus the last game, but that that really was a key adjustment. And, you know, Reeves, he's like the prototypical Oklahoma Sooner in Bedlam. He, he reminds me so much of the, uh, the Nate Erdmans of the world, the Tim Heskets of the world. Just that, that player that kind of gets under your skin, his, his, his mannerisms to the referees. And I, I did think it was a, a fascinating one-on-one battle between him and, 
in Bryce Williams. And Bryce, I thought, was just really, really good on both ends of the floor. So that's a really good observation by you. And crazy enough, Colby, this is only the fifth. Mike Boynton becomes the fifth OSU coach to sweep Bedlam. Just the fifth. He joins Eddie Sutton, Brad Underwood, uh, Paul Hansen, I believe, and obviously Henry Iba, Coach Henry Iba. So you don't get to see this very often. It's the first time they've done it since 2017. So again, I think Mike Boyne deserves a lot of credit. And you mentioned how they were going after Cade, which, yes, I would like him to shoot it more than eight times, but I, I understand your point. And to me, it really accentuated what Oklahoma was doing to him, how good of a passer he is. It might be his best skill. Some of those passes you referenced were jaw-dropping, like get out of your seat. How did he even see Caleb Boone cutting the basket on some of those where he was pinned in the corner? It really just – I think teams are going to are gonna try to do that again because they obviously held him in check and didn't allow him to go off for 40. But the end result was the same. They, they won the basketball game. And so they, they get the sweep, Colby. They get the obscure Bedlam trophy, which I want to talk about later. But uh, just Mike Boynton, again, I, I posted this this link on Twitter today, and I think you, you retweeted it as well. People need to go to YouTube, uh, OSU's YouTube account. I didn't know this happened after the game because ESPN cut out so quickly, but Boynton took the microphone as he does in the last home games of the season and really, you know, thank the fans. He, he called out Bryce Williams, probably playing one of his last games as a Cowboy. Obviously, Kate Cunningham, it is his last game as a Cowboy in Gallagher-Iba, but he was just sensational. And it was just, people need to go watch this because he has OSU's fan base in the palm of his hand. He really does. It was sensational. And I know you you got to check that out today as well. Yeah, it was awesome. I, you know, my mom was at the game last night. She called me on her way back and, and just talking to her about what Mike Boynton said after the game, you know, I could tell, I was hoping that we would get some video of it today. So I was thrilled whenever you tweeted that out to watch it because he just, I mean, we talked about it some yesterday. He just gets it. You know, he took the mic and he said, after my first loss here against Wichita state, I took this mic and I told you that if you would stick with us, if you would stick with me, that we would build a program you could be proud of. And he said, I sure as hell hope you're proud of what we've got going on right now. And I mean, everyone is, it's, it's just, it feels like the old days, even 3,500 person Gallagher Iba, it feels like the 2021 equivalent of 2004 Gallagher Iba. And you even tweeted out last night. I so wish that, you know, this team with this player and this coach would have gotten to do it in front of 13,000. I, I so wish that would have been the case because that building, I mean, it would have been earthquake level stuff last night down the stretch in Bedlam. And we didn't get to see that, but he just, like you said, he's just got the entire fan base eating out of the palm of his hand and the success that this team has experienced. It just, I don't know that I even expected them to be this good, Carson. I was looking at the standings earlier, the Big 12 standings, and Oklahoma State sits in fourth right now. And preseason, they were picked seventh. Now, they've still got two games against top six teams in the country, so they very well could lose a couple. It's entirely possible. But I said before the season when they were picked seventh, I'm like, man, Seventh is what they finished last year. They're bringing in the best player in the country. They've got other good young guys coming in. Some of the older guys should be better and, by the way, have been light years better. Can I, can I say something about Caleb Boone and Avery Anderson being light years better than they were a year ago? It, it has just been uh, unbelievable to watch the second half of this season and the way that this team has transcended from the young team who struggled to win early in conference play to the team right now. The calendar has turned to March 
And Carson, I promise this is a team that, that other teams don't want to see on the schedule. Absolutely. For all the reasons I mentioned about th their ability to play close games, obviously the, facing Kate Cunningham is no picnic as well. And Colby, they're building a resume that I think when the committee factors in that they played in the Big 12, first and foremost, I think they're going to look beyond just the amount of losses they've had. And they're going to look at the, the quadrant one wins. They're now tied with Michigan and Illinois for the most quad one wins in the entire country with eight. Even if they lose their next two games, which is certainly possible, I, I'm wondering where the committee's going to put them. I think they might put them higher than where even some of the bracketologists are projecting them. What, what say you? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. These, these next two games, they're both on the road. They're both against top six teams in the country. Obviously, Baylor Thursday night, West Virginia on Saturday night. I cannot imagine, even if they do lose both, surely that's not a big knock on them for losing those games. Uh, you know, this is a team that already has eight quadrant one wins tied for the most in the country. I, I would imagine even if they lose both these games, wouldn't you think that they would still be higher than 17th next week? I, I don't know. I just, I can't figure out how the committee is going to evaluate them based on what happened down the stretch. Now, if they split these two games, they'll absolutely be ranked higher next week than they are this week. But if they lose these next two, what, what do you think, Carson? Do you think we're looking at a, another 17th ranked team in the country next week? Or would they even move up maybe if those games were close? Maybe not if they get blown out. I, I don't know. What do you think the, the committee and, and the voters for the AP poll are going to do? Well, I think they'll get moved down if they lose twice and go 0-2 just because – you know, it's going to hurt their, their win-loss record. But I will say this, you know, Jeff Borzello, who I think does a good job for, for ESPN now, has them 15th overall in his power rankings. So if you lose to two top six teams, I think that's where you settle in, right? At that 16, 17, uh, whether they're, they're in the poll or not. I, the AP poll, I, the fact they weren't even ranked coming into this 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 past week is just yeah. crazy to me based on their, their resume. To just – kind of think what the committee will maybe do. Yeah, I, I have no faith in the AP poll, but in terms of the committee, even if they lose these two, and I think it, I think it does matter how they do in the Big 12 tournament as well. You want to you want to win a couple of games there to solidify your status. But I don't know, man. Their, their resume on paper is going to be stout. Now, you know, there's all the, the, the stuff we, we think they're going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament. We don't – we haven't heard that the ban is going to be upheld. Uh, but I am curious, Colby, doesn't it seem like to you – and this is not just a chicken little thing in terms of OSU and where they, they stack up. It seems to me come selection Sunday time, OSU never quite gets the benefit of the doubt. They usually get the, the short end of the stick. I remember the, the Marcus Smart team, they got, they got put on the five line with that Oregon team that was really good. They, they deserve to be ranked higher than that. I don't know. I'm, I'm dubious that they'll get put where they should, but their resume speaks for itself in terms of the quad one wins and, and all that. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's interesting that you bring it up. And maybe it's just because we've experienced it for so long. But it does feel like Oklahoma State doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. It feels like, you know, whatever Oklahoma State needs to go its way, the opposite happens. I really hope that doesn't happen this year. Because this team, let's say theoretically they split with West Virginia and Baylor. And then they win maybe one, maybe two games next week at the Big 12 tournament. I mean, that's a team that's worthy of a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. And I just... I think there's a huge difference between like the three and the four or being the five or the six.
because, you know, you win a bunch of games, you get up to that three level, all of a sudden you're playing a 14 seed in the first round. So, A, your chances of getting upset in the first round go way down. But also, in, in that second round, you know, if you're a three or a four, that means you get to play a six or a five in the first round. So your chances of reaching the seat, sweet 16 increase exponentially if you're a three or a four as opposed to a five or a six. So hopefully Oklahoma State will get the benefit of the doubt. And Carson, I really don't see why they wouldn't. This is a team that, you know, they've got six losses. Three of those were by like a combined four points. They've got the absolute best player in the country who is the surefire number one pick in the NBA draft. They've got a very hot young coach that everybody's in love with. They've got good role players. They play in the best conference in the country week in and week in. I mean, look at the schedule they're facing right now. OU on Saturday. OU on Monday. Baylor uh, uh, Thursday night. West Virginia on Saturday. And then next week, you go into the Big 12 tournament. Well, gee, who are you going to face in the Big 12 tournament? I don't know. OU, Baylor, West Virginia, Kansas, Texas Tech, Texas. I mean, top 20 teams in the country, seven of them in the Big 12. So if Oklahoma State doesn't get the benefit of the doubt with the seeding this year, I, I really – I cannot possibly think what the reasoning would be uh, because this is a team that deserves every benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. Totally agree. I mean, obviously, you know, South Carolina, their punishment was handed down. They got a slap on the wrist. I would think, I would hope the NCAA comes to their senses. Uh, By the way, what what was the name of the guy in South Carolina who committed the violations that they got a slap on the wrist for? Lamont Evans. Oh, who was it? Lamont Evans. You're right. Yeah. The same guy. The same guy, Carson. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah, I just I, I don't understand. And this is where I'm where I'm saying, like the benefit of the doubt. I just it doesn't make any sense that OSU would be any hot water when other schools have just done far worse. And even obviously South Carolina had the same guy. I just I assume they're gonna play in the tournament. They got the best player, their their resume's uh unimpeachable. So if I had to guess, I would I'd probably pick them as a four seed now. The Big 12 tournament, I think, looms large in this, Colby. There, there's a chance they could play Oklahoma again in the quarterfinals, which would be a lot of fun. We, we've seen that in recent memory up there in Kansas City. So a lot to be played uh, to moving forward. Uh, I, I do want to do some some buckets and bricks. Uh, did you come prepared for that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for the buckets and bricks. I've got to give a bucket to, to Mike Boynton, and it's not just for last night. It, it's really for what he's done to build the program. There, there have been question marks along the way. No doubt about it, there have been question marks along the way. Kicked a bunch of guys off the team whenever he got there. Had the walk-on tryouts. Had some more guys do some dumb stuff and have to be kicked off the team. You know, barely had enough guys to take the court. And so at that point, Oklahoma State was losing a lot of games. And, and there's no way around that whenever you've only got, you know, five, six, seven guys on scholarship and everybody else is just walk-ons and you're playing against uh, some of the best college basketball teams in the country in the best college basketball conference in the country. So the adversity that Mike Boynton faced in his first few, year, few years as a head coach in Stillwater, it was pretty immense. And then, you know, this summer we get the news of, of the sanctions the NCAA is dropping, and it's full panic mode. We don't know, like, is MA still going to come? Is Kate still going to come? Donovan Williams, Rondell Walker, are these guys still going to be here? He gets them all into Stillwater because they believed in him. They believed in what he was building. They wanted to be a part of it. He's gotten the fan base totally revitalized for Oklahoma State basketball. The, the excitement level for Oklahoma State basketball is at a place that it hasn't been in a long time. And it's just, you know, trust the process. We don't like them. Oh, I accidentally hit that. But, yeah, we don't like them. Uh, that was for the NCAA, by the way, that time. Yeah. Well, well done. Yeah, that one was for the NCAA. Um, but anyway, Mike Boynton has just 
he's revitalized the fan base. He's revitalized the program. He's done it all while being the lowest paid head coach in the big 12. That obviously is going to change. He's, he's a hot commodity right now. He is, uh, he's everything that Oklahoma state basketball needed at exactly the time that Oklahoma state basketball needed it. So big, big bucket going Mike Boynton's way. Yeah, totally agree. I think we can do two buckets today because OSU's coming off a of bedlam sweep. All is, all is right in the world. So I'm going to go with, Mike Boynton as well, and I have one more after that. I'll I'll, I'll continue for my second one too, and then and hand it over to you. I just, as we've mentioned, the, no coach has ever gotten it as much as this guy, and I think look no further than him wearing the orange blazer again, which the fans obviously love. It's, and he was asked about that after the game, and he obviously spoke very eloquently about Kurt Budke, who I don't think, frankly, we talk enough about. We talk so much about remember the 10 and rightfully so, but the, the plane crash for the OSU women's basketball program was just absolutely devastating because Kurt Budke had things rolling and just a, just a complete tragedy with the way that played out. And just, he didn't have to wear the orange blazer. He that happened well before he even came to Stillwater, but just again, another example that he gets it. He, he knows the fans love that. And he, he spoke a lot about that after the game in terms of, you know, he goes, I don't think there's a better arena in the country this year than Gallagher in terms of dealing with COVID. He goes, honestly, if it wasn't for COVID, the, the fire marshal would have been here. They'd have been hanging off the rafters. And that's totally true because OSU is just starving for this. The basketball, basketball, like they're, they've become a football school up in Stillwater. That's certainly true with what Mike Gundy's done. But I still believe the heart and soul of that athletic program runs right through Gallagher Iba. That place, it's a religious experience when that place is completely full of the rafters and they go on a big run and the opposing team calls a timeout. There's nothing like that. Boone Pickens Stadium can't hold a candle to that. That's what I grew up on in old Gallagher. So I think Mike Boyden has, has woken up Gallagher Iba Arena in a big, big way. And he's, he's producing the results that we've been asking for. He's, he's done it recruiting. He's done it building the fan base. Now he's getting the results. And that's my first bucket. And number two would be Caleb Boone. I mean, this is a kid who was highly touted, him and his brother coming out of Tulsa. And he really, I think he's underrated in terms of his post moves. This guy has an array of post moves that we haven't quite seen in a while at, at Oklahoma State. I think Yorin A had some of that. Uh, Marshall Moses, I think, is the last great post player OSU's had in terms of on the block. Uh, Mitchell Solomon uh, progressed in his career as well. Shout out to Mitchell Solomon as well. But but Caleb Boone, frankly, makes this a different team. He was eight of nine from the field, 17 points. You know, if Matt, if M.A. Moncrief doesn't miss a free throw, they have five guys in double figures. So Boone is kind of leading the charge for this supporting cast, Colby, and he was sensational again. And I know it meant a lot to him being an Oklahoma kid uh, playing in Bedlam. Yeah, I mean, he's gotten to the point where if you're going one-on-one -on -one with him and he's down near the basket, there's a pretty good chance that he's going to score, and that's part of what Long Kruger was willing to give up last night, right? I, I mean, if you're doubling Cade every time he touches the ball, no matter where he's at on the floor, then that means you, you can't double when the ball gets inside. So Caleb Boone had a one-on-one -on -one matchup the majority of the night, and for a lot of the night it was with Brady Manick, and Brady Manick just had no chance on the defensive end against Caleb Boone. I, I've got another bucket as well, Carson, and this is going to come as no surprise to anybody, but it kind of struck me last night. The bucket's going to Cade Cunningham, and it kind of struck me last night because after the Oklahoma State game went off, you know, I was at the game on Saturday. It was unbelievable. You watch the game last night. Everybody's going nuts. You sweep Bedlam. Gallagher-Iba with 3,000 people probably sounded like about 20,000 people. Mike Boynton gives his speech, and I'm watching Sports Center 
last night, Carson. And, and after Scott Van Pelt did his best thing I saw today or whatever, then they broke down the Bedlam game and they went into Oklahoma State's resume and everything that Oklahoma State's been accomplishing. And they, they gave love to Mike Boynton and they gave love to Cade Cunningham and they gave love to the role players. And, and they did all this on SportsCenter right after the game. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if a high school kid is sitting at home, a, a recruit, a college basketball recruit is sitting at home watching ESPN tonight. Then he just watched what took place in Gallagher Ivo Arena. And then Sports Center comes on, and Scott Van Pelt sits there and, and talks about Oklahoma State basketball for five, seven minutes, whatever it was, gives the full resume, everything. The exposure that Oklahoma State has gotten because Cade Cunningham decided to come to Oklahoma State, and not only decided to come to Oklahoma State, remember, Carson, it was a, a dim dark week this past summer when the NCAA sanctions got handed down and he decided to stay at Oklahoma State because he believed in Mike Boynton he believed in Oklahoma State basketball that's where he wanted to be obviously that's where his brother was that that plays a huge role in it but the exposure that it has given Oklahoma State it, it just I feel like it really has been a turning point for this program and, and it's it's the one that they needed Carson this program has been struggling it's been trying to get its feet underneath it and it just needed something some big thing to go really really right and that big thing that went really, really right was Cade Cunningham. And I, I just – I don't think that, uh, that that what he's done for Oklahoma State as a program – and not only that, but, you know, you get all these young guys, they get to come in, and they get to practice and prepare every single day with the number one pick in the draft. And I'm sure that that experience is invaluable and incalculable. So it's it's pretty obvious, and uh, I don't think I'm breaking any news by giving my buckets to Mike Boynton and Kate Cunningham, but I'm just over the moon impressed with those two. Absolutely. You know, Mike, in that post-game speech that everyone should go watch on YouTube, he, he thanks Cade for that. He said, you know, our journey started five years ago when he started recruiting him. He said, thank you for believing in us. And Cade showed a lot of belief to go to a school that had just been – you know, really got the hammer dropped on them by the NCAA in terms of postseason ban. He didn't know if he'd be able to play in the NCAA tournament. He didn't know if they could win a championship at that point. So he showed a lot of faith. Obviously, his brother being there certainly helps. And and again, I will I'll say this again. I for people that criticize Mike Boyne for hiring his brother, a it's just that's kind of how college basketball works. And B, I think Cannon has his own credentials. Cannon Cunningham, that is the older brother of Cade. He played for for Larry Brown. He's a young coach. He he can identify with recruits being so young that he is. And I think he has a, a, a very bright coaching future ahead of him beyond Cade. So that yeah, was a, a way, great decision by Mike Boynton. Go ahead. He, he's the one, as Cade started to grow and get bigger, he's the one who told Cade, look, dude, you need to be a point guard. That's where you're going to make all your money. That was Cannon. I mean, Cannon does. He has his own coaching acumen that's not just getting Cade to come to Stillwater. And I almost feel bad for Cannon because I feel like people talk about him as if he's just there as this piece who was there to get Cade. I mean, sure, that's a big deal. But Cannon Cunningham himself has his own coaching acumen, uh, and he will move on to bigger and better things than being an assistant down the bench at Oklahoma State. So he deserves his credit as well because uh, I, I have no doubt that he's done a lot more for Oklahoma State basketball than just get his brother in the door. Absolutely. So great call great call on Cade. He hit nine of ten free throws, many of which were clutched down the stretch to seal the deal for Oklahoma State. They sweep Bedlam. They were sweeping the brooms out. And uh, as we mentioned, a, a brutal finishing stretch at Baylor uh, Thursday and then at West Virginia on Saturday. Any final thoughts, Colby, before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, final thoughts. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's just been a good few days. It's been a good few days. <laughs> I think I think we're so conditioned, Carson, as Oklahoma State fans, and this is probably why I couldn't even I couldn't even let myself believe that they were going to finish off the sweep yesterday. You know, I picked OU to win that game last night because I just we're we're programmed to believe that it can't all go right for Oklahoma state, not for an extended period of time, maybe just for a brief moment. Um, I, I will say this. I hope that this team isn't peaking right now. I hope that this is sustainable for another three or four weeks, because I, I'm telling you, these are human beings. These aren't robots overtime last Monday against tech overtime Saturday against OU the, the physical and emotional energy that was spent last night. Kate played 44 minutes Saturday, he played 40 minutes last night. You've got another top six team on the road on Thursday. You've got another top six team on the road on Saturday. You're going to play a bunch of top 20 teams next week in the big 12 tournament. The amount of energy starting from last Monday with Texas tech through the end of the big 12 tournament that this team is going to have spent both, both physical and emotional energy. I, I hope that there's enough left in the tank for March Madness because I really think that this is a team that can accomplish something and make a deep run in the tournament if a few things go right and they get some good matchups. So uh, I hope that this isn't a peak for Oklahoma State. I hope that this is just what this team is and that it's sustainable because, man, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't think they've peaked because one thing I forgot to mention on the last pod, and I'm going to mention it now because I almost forgot it again, was they didn't have Isaac Likely in the, in the two best um, games. Haven't had him in quite some time. Mike Boyne said afterwards that he was close to playing, but he suited up, but ultimately didn't feel like he could go. So I think when they get Isaac Likely back, obviously probably the, the most experienced player on the team, uh, definitely is the most experienced and certainly one of the better players on their team. That's going to be a boost for the, for the home stretch as well. And uh, I guess my closing thought would be that. And also I didn't jump on the zoom. I, I had, I was putting out fires here at the house after the game. I had a lot going on at the house. Obviously I had channel five duties as well. So I, I was not able to hop on the Zoom, but uh, I'm still working on getting uh, Mike Boynton on the on the podcast before the season wraps up. So we'll we'll try and get Mike on to to let him know that the we don't like them is fully supported by the PFB podcast. A hundred percent, it is. And and just one more thing, what you said about Isaac Likely ties into what I said with these guys being exhausted from playing all these minutes. You get one more guy in who can play multiple positions. That spreads your minutes out, and it keeps guys with fresh legs. A lot of guys, I mean, 40 minutes uh, for Cade last night, 38 for Bryce, 32 for Rondell. Guys are playing a lot of minutes, so getting ice back will help that as well. Absolutely. Colby, it's been fun, but we're not done yet. We got the Big 12 tournament coming up, and obviously the road to Indianapolis, and we'll have to see where Oklahoma State falls in the big dance. But uh, a bedlam sweep for the Cowboys. Colby, we appreciate it. We'll get back with you on Friday. We'll have to see how things go against Baylor. Yeah, absolutely. Been a fun few days. We don't like them. We're going to end it with that. We'll, see, we'll catch up with you on Friday. <laughs>